are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Thursday, April 7th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. And we are slowly but surely working our way towards the end of the NBA regular season. That will end on Sunday. But we get a couple disaster slates before that happens. Before we get started, please hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Adam, how has the NBA been for you, we'll say, this week? Do you enjoy these types of slates? No, I don't enjoy them. I don't think I'm particularly good at them. I've been getting my ass kicked. I'm ready for baseball to start. Okay. It's kind of what I figured. Like, you know, there's something to be said for putting in the work on days like these where it's probably you're probably better off if you're paying as close of attention as possible, more so now than any other time in the season. But when you just start getting all of these dumpster fire dudes in there and you just have to win the lottery of like which one of them is actually the best, it's not fun. This is this is Chris Spaggs territory. I don't know what that means. Spags loves these slates. He yeah. like lives, he would live for the final two weeks of the regular season so he can just talk up all of the truly awful guys that end up getting roster spots and minutes. Like the, the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder and Portland Trailblazers are like a Spags wet dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just absolutely hate it. Yeah, you and me both. You and me both. I mean, I haven't been touching any of these slates uh, since the end of last week. I don't, I, I just want no part of it. I do want to start prepping for baseball, but that's not going to be today. Um, we were, or I mentioned golf right before we got started and I did see your Tiger Woods exposure was zero in somebody's tweet. Uh, somebody had posted it there. Yeah. I was glad uh, that they shared that because I actually hadn't even looked to see if I got any. So that was going to be something I did this morning. And then I woke up and saw that tweet and was like, okay, cool. I don't have to do I that. bet on him. And this is what I was saying before we started. I bet on him to miss the cut. I figure I want either one of two things to happen. I either want him to play exceptionally well and be in contention, and then I don't care that I'm losing my bets. Or I just want him to play like shit because he exploded his leg a year ago, and it feels like really weird if he makes the cut at the Masters. I think he's going to play well. Really? Interesting. I think it's really likely that he goes out there, plays six holes, and he's just like, oh, shit, my leg hurts. I don't think so. He's. I don't think he's coming back unless he feels like he can be competitive. He's not gonna. He's not coming back to go out there and just like – suck and like, i agree he, he, he might course. just not know he might not know and, and like and, and he said that he said golf wise he's very good he said walking is the issue luckily he's not playing a sport that that should matter for all that much <laughs> enjoy the uh fifteen thousand yards of straight line walking that he'll have to do over the next two days over the course of like eight hours i mean that's not that's not what you want to hear is it I mean, I, I think it is because I took it more to mean like not – and you know maybe I'm wrong, but I took it to mean not that it's an issue as far as like it's affecting him negatively. I took it as it's an issue like it hurts, it sucks, but like yeah. that he's good as far as golf goes. Well, I hope he sucks dramatically. I guess based on your exposure, I'm sure you do too, although you're probably in the same situation. Like if he could win, then I want to watch that because I think that's going to be fun. But if he's just going to be like 25th this week – then I don't give a shit, and I hope you missed the cut. Yeah, and I mean, it was just, like, from, from a DFS standpoint, it didn't even really have to do with, like, that I think he's going to do well. Like, he was not exactly cheap. Um, yeah. I don't know what his ownership ended up being at, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of – I started the week, like, kind of thinking along the same lines as you, and then, like, the more I thought about it, I was just like, he's not playing this unless he thinks he can actually, like, put on a, put out a good effort. I mean, like – 
I think Russell Westbrook still thinks he's good. But that's totally different. Like, Tiger knows what good golf is and if he's playing it or not. I think it would be the most ridiculous sports outcome ever if he wins the Masters. I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. So, like, I just, I can't imagine that he could get in a car accident, fully destroy his leg to the point where they don't know if he's keeping his leg and come back and beat the other, let's just say top 10 golfers in the world. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. That doesn't like, I can't, to me, he has a 0% chance to do anything of value at the Masters. I just don't know how you could outplay that many guys that don't have titanium legs. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I can't wait to watch it. It's, it's going to be so much and fun. By that, I mean, I probably won't turn it on all weekend. But Really? Yeah. All weekend? I mean, if I have a good team, I will. Otherwise, like I'm not sitting around watching golf. You won't watch Sunday at the Masters? Maybe. Unless you have a sweat? Probably not. What I mean, hell else do you have to do? Oh, day baseball? You got to catch those Orioles day games? Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Of all the things that you could possibly be doing on Sunday, I think watching the Masters is the coolest one of all of them. <clears throat> well, not, not in general, but you know, in, in the sports landscape. It, you're, you're certainly not watching the final day of the NBA regular season. That's going to be just that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess... I guess I end up probably just putting it on as background entertainment. Yeah. Like if you want to tell me you're not watching it because you're prepping for UFC pay-per-view on Saturday, I can get behind that. But well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the thing too. Like I'm for sure watching UFC and all that, but like more than one TV, there's no reason I can't just put the masters on one of them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about the fact that you have multiple televisions. If I can't, if the masters on Sunday can't make its way into a five television rotation, something weird is going on. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. My, my initial reaction was just thinking along the lines of like one TV, and I'll probably be watching like Netflix instead of the Masters. But like, okay, that's fair. But that's yeah, there's fair. no reason it can't just be on a side TV. Well, you want to talk about this ridiculous slate? No, I don't. No, same. <laughs> well, we're gonna start it off. Seven o'clock game, Orlando Magic, thirteen and a half point dogs in Charlotte, two twenty eight total. And I think we need to touch on this every single time. So uh, I'm going to pull up the playoff probabilities. Orlando is locked into one of the three worst records in the NBA. So they don't even have anything to tank for. Nothing can change, essentially. Uh, for Charlotte, Charlotte is in a bit of a dance to find out which spot they finish in the play-in. Most likely scenario right now is that they are just straight 10th. They do have the ability to get to 7th. Uh, but so either way, Charlotte is trying to win. Orlando does not care. And not only that, but Orlando with uh, quite a few guys out for today. It's going to be just terrible to try to figure this team out. We have no Cole Anthony, no Franz Wagner, no Wendell Carter Jr. Admiral Schofield and Gary Harris are both questionable. Maybe we should start with the highest owned guy on this team on either site. That would be obviously Iggy Brasdakis, thirty five hundred on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wanted to comment on one thing. Uh, everyone hates Chris. Said I love Tiger, but he ain't winning the Masters with Justin Thomas and Rom playing the way they are. All I can comment on there is John Rom has been absolute garbage recently. Yeah. Um, I think he's my highest on golfer again this this week, as he always is. But like, sure, 
that that was a weird name to include in that sentence because he has been awful. Um, but yeah, back back to basketball. Beyond that, um, yeah, I mean there's there's value here. It's a good matchup. It's an it's a game that should be good from a fantasy standpoint. Um, Mo Wagner coming in at forty six hundred, Brozdakis at thirty five hundred, both look very good. Um, you should get plenty of minutes uh, for Brozdakis with Franz Wagner out. Uh, so you know I agree with him being a, a highly owned value option. We got Markel Fultz starting last game, which I didn't really know what to do with that because I didn't think it made any sense that they would like just ramp up his minutes at the end of the season for no no reason. Uh, he still only played 24 minutes. I have a hard time really going beyond that. You know, maybe he gets like 25 or 26, but I think 24 is a pretty fair estimate, and his price tag jumped quite a bit. So um, I do think it's pretty difficult to get to him today, even if he does remain in the starting lineup. If that ownership holds, which I don't think that it will, I mean, I, to me, he's a bad play at 25% owned. I gave him 24 minutes. I just don't see him getting much north of like 26. I mean, yeah, it's at, at that ownership. I don't really like it because he can still certainly go for, you know, 35, 40 DraftKings points if he plays well. Um, but at that ownership, I think it's kind of just, you know, you're, you're taking on risk for no real, no real reward. Whereas if he were to drop to like six, 7%, then at least there's, there, there's a bigger reward because the ownership's lower. Yeah. The Brasdakis one, He's not going to be as owned right now or as owned at lock as he is right now, because we're just going to get a bunch of news throughout the day. That's going to open up guys that look slightly better than a $3,500 breast take because he's not a great per minute guy. What are we doing with the rest of these guys? The, the Chuma Okiki's, the RJ Hamptons, the guys that are probably going to play like the, the, the starter ish minutes. Does anybody else stand out to you? I wouldn't say stand out. You know, I think if you get to a little bit of Hampton or, you know, a little bit of $3,600 Devin Kennedy who played 24 minutes last game, that's fine. You know, neither of them are good point per minute guys, but they're likely to play enough minutes at sub 4K price tags where they look okay. Uh, similarly, Chumo Kiki at 4,900, probably playing like 32 minutes, give or take. Um, Bamba's, Bamba had a huge game last, uh, last game, played 28 minutes. But, you know, I still think that he's more of just a secondary tournament play that is probably a little bit overpriced if not priced correctly at 6900. Okay. Anybody else you want to touch on from Orlando or anything that you think is interesting that you want to try to pay attention to for this team as we get closer to lock. They seem pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I think they seem pretty straightforward. Um the only thing I guess to pay attention to and I don't think it's going to happen but if they were to come out and say that Jalen Suggs is not on a minutes restriction for some reason um 4300 for Suggs would be a really good price tag but he was on a minutes restriction last game he only played 18 minutes I find it difficult to think that's going to happen all righty let me go to the Charlotte side and my first question for you is not going to be probably all that interesting but I want to get your thoughts do you think Montrez Harrell is out of the rotation um he did not play the most recent game. It was a DNP CD. Probably. I don't know. It's it, it's tough because like when you're just talking about one game, it's it's really difficult. Like for example, yesterday uh, with the Wizards, you had seen Anthony Gill out of the rotation two games ago, and then he just kind of came back, and went back to normal. Um, they played Plumlee twenty minutes in that game. McDaniel's was in the rotation, so that was a difference. And then you got more center minutes from PJ Washington. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Yeah. Okay. Which is, first of all, insane. I don't. I don't know what happened to Montrezl Harrell to like fall out of the Hornets rotation, but here we are. Uh, what stands out to you then from Charlotte? Because clearly, fantastic matchup against Orlando. 
Uh, we kind of know their rotations. They don't sort, they don't really mess around all that much. We've got Bridges, Ball, and Rogier pulling decent ownership across all uh, across both sites. Plumley getting a little bit of love on DraftKings. Kelly Oubre is 17% owned on DK at 3,700. I'm not sure that I see that one. Uh, I just want to get your, I guess, your general thoughts on the Hornets. I think that beyond the starters, it's pretty difficult to get to much. Like Oubre last game, you know, played 16 minutes. That was a game without Hayward, who's doubtful today. Uh, Cody Martin has been pretty consistently ahead of Oubre in the rotation, but he's not nearly as good a point-per-minute guy. Um, I, I think all of LaMelo, Bridges, Rogier look good. Mason Plumley looks fine at 4,100. Uh, PJ Washington looks a little bit better at 5,600 now that he is getting more center minutes. I still think that he's probably the least appealing out of the starters, but um, anybody starting for Charlotte, I think, is a, a pretty solid option. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I don't really have anything else. Like I don't have an individual priority from Charlotte, whether if you gave me bridges, ball or Rozier, I'd be happy to have any one of those three guys. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on Montrez Harrell. I guess if he sits out, if he doesn't play again today, that's going to be very telling. Um, I don't know how much it really matters from a DFS perspective, but it is important to note that there's just more minutes at the five for PJ Washington. If, uh, if Harrell isn't playing, I got nothing else here. Do you? All righty. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule for the rest of the day. At noon Eastern time, we have the MMA Strategy Show. You're going to want to catch this one, guys. UFC pay-per-view this Saturday. It's a biggie. Two title fights. Chimaev is back. It's just going to be a really fun pay-per-view card at the very least. At 1.30 Eastern time, MLB Live Before Lock is kicking off, and they're going for like two and a half hours or something crazy. Uh, you're going to get the boss man, Alex Baker, as part of that coverage as well. So make sure you're checking it out. Adam is back for the NBA Deeper Dive at five. I am back for NBA Live Before Lock at six. And NBA ownership and NHL top stacks are free for today. We move it on to the Boston Celtics. Five and a half point dogs in Milwaukee. 227 total. And the key piece for this one, both teams are still technically speaking, playing for things. They are in this mass, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. They are basically fighting out for the two, three, four spots. And since there's no real benefit to figuring, like there's no jockeying that you could do right now because you don't know who's going to be seven and eight. I think all of these teams are just going to simply try to win and try to have home court advantage. So I assume we're getting the best of Boston and the best of Milwaukee in this one. And if that is the case, we have a couple talking points here. For Boston in particular, it's up in the air because they played yesterday. So we have no idea if they're doing anything different on a back-to-back. I am treating it like everybody that was available yesterday is also available today. Are you looking at it differently? No, that's I kind of I think that's kind of how you have to treat it at this point. Okay. Um, because it looks like we have Horford out, and I'm expecting Horford to play. I'll say, I mean, he's the biggest question mark, I would think. Sure. Uh, okay. Stephen Leibowitz said Horford post-game interview last night sounded like he might not play. He was vague anyway. You know, it's possible. He has played back-to-backs recently, so. He's also been playing huge minutes, so it wouldn't be shocking if they just give him the day. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. The, the The fact that it's against Milwaukee is interesting because it has such a big spot in seeding, like, to lose just, this game. I, I, I kind of doubt they care. I mean... I don't know, but my my assumption for the last week or whatever when it comes to these teams at the top of the East is that they probably – like, yeah, they would like to, you know, get home uh, home court, whatever. But, like, 
I've expected that they would probably prioritize rest over seating. <sighs> In cases where, like, it's a guy that they, like, actively want to rest. Like, I don't think Boston's going to just say, like, hey, Jason Tatum doesn't need to play today. But um, with guys like Horford, I would think that they care more about making sure he is completely fresh for the postseason. Yeah, I don't, uh, no, I don't disagree with you. I don't, I don't have a feel for it. I don't really know what they're going to do here. Um, not having Robert Williams makes it a little bit harder. I think it's way easier to rest Horford if he's still in. But I think it's still pretty easy because you just give more minutes to Grant Williams. You already have Tice playing a bunch. Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of the thing. How many more minutes can you give both of those guys? They already have them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, you just throw Cornette in as like the backup center. Yeah. So what do you like for Boston? Jason Tatum's 9,300 on FanDuel. I think that looks good. Marcus Smart is pulling 36% ownership on FanDuel. I'm not entirely sure I understand that, but uh, what stands out to you on Boston? Not the best matchup in the world. Yeah, and not the best pricing either. So I think it's a situation where, you know, if you get to some Jason Tatum, if you get to some Jalen Brown, like any of these guys look decent. Um, Daniel Tice did play a bunch of minutes again last night, got to 30 minutes. Uh, didn't even play down the stretch of a blowout. Uh, so that's, you know, just kind of, oh, he actually, he fouled out. Um, that's, you know, kind of noteworthy because he is only 4,900 here. But really, at least on DraftKings, I think these guys are correctly priced, assuming everybody's in. Even, even if Horford's out, I mean, yeah, you're getting more minutes for Grant Williams, maybe a little bit more for Derek White, but they're not exactly cheap either. Uh, Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, you know, like Marcus Smart's pulling a little bit of ownership. Everybody else is about 7% owned, and that's exactly how they came out of my Sims. We'll see if they if they rest Horford. Do you think they rest everybody? I don't think so. I think Horford's a separate category. Okay, just checking. I mean, just they could, checking. but like, it's not like I would be shocked if they did because, again, like I don't think they care. I, I doubt – I say I don't think. Like, I've talked to somebody. Um, I, I <laughs> doubt that they care. Like, I don't know why they would really care. Okay. Andrew Kang with the super super chat said, what's up boys? Had a great night last night. Only played four contests, cashed in all and took down first in two of them. Pretty much done with NBA now going deep into MLB. Thanks for all the great NBA content this year. Congrats, man. Yeah, seems like awesome. a decent way to go out. I wish I had had that experience instead. I lost like eight grand and now I think I'm done with NBA and heading into MLB. <laughs> Clearly you're playing NBA tonight. Uh, maybe. I kind of doubt it. I don't know. Anxiously await that DM. Like, oh, I just registered. There's a $6,000 milli tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. On the Milwaukee side of this one, everybody is available except for Grayson Allen. Giannis pulling the ownership, 11-2 on FanDuel, and I think that looks great. He is my number one contender, 12-1 on DraftKings. But after Giannis, I don't have much interest in anything here from Milwaukee. Uh, what are you looking at? Um, Obviously, always interested in Giannis. Uh, his price tag has come up a little bit to 12-1. You do, once again, have Jokic and Embiid on the slate. So uh, that's you know a little bit of an issue, and it's not a great matchup against Boston. But I'm never upset getting to Giannis, especially in a game where um, you know there, there are so many games this time of year that really don't matter, and you can't be really confident in guys' minutes. Um, if Giannis, assuming Giannis is playing, and this game's competitive, I mean, you can count on him getting 35-plus minutes, which is nice. So I think Giannis looks good i still think it's gonna be difficult to say like oh i want to play him instead of Embiid or Jokic. i mean if they if boston drops al horford as well this feels like it's an even better spot for Giannis because yeah. i don't think he's going to be terribly worried about the daniel tice luke cornett grant williams trio yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say horford matters and it just sounded so ridiculous to even say i didn't say it but 
I do think Horford matters. I mean, he doesn't matter, but he matters. Right. He's you're you shouldn't look at this and say, oh, Al Horford's playing, you can't play Giannis. But right. if Horford is out, and you shouldn't look at it and say, oh, Horford is out, you have to jam in Giannis. Like right. he just looks a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. It's better, but it doesn't matter who's out there. This is a dude that averages like 34, 12, and 9. Right. No one stops him. Regardless of Al Horford's <laughs> status, my answer is going to be I like Giannis. He's a good play. I probably don't like him quite as much as Embiid or Jokic. Interesting. Okay. I'll... We'll get there. We'll get there. Anything else here for Milwaukee? I, I don't think that the, the lack of Grayson Allen creates anything. I don't think it does either. Okay. <clears throat> then we go to the Philly, and we get to get your Joel Embiid take here. Uh, Philadelphia, one and a half point dogs in Toronto. Toronto at this point is basically locked into the five. They've got a very slight chance to get to four. They've got a very slight chance to fall to six. Uh, Philly, as I mentioned, in that muck with Boston and Milwaukee. The problem here lies in that no one can really plan around the nets, which is what everybody really wants to avoid in the first round. Uh, But there's no way to know that right now. That is a total crapshoot. So it kind of just helps you to win. For Philly, there's basically four guys you can get to and Otherwise, you're totally dead in the water. But we do know one guy's not playing today for the Philadelphia 76ers. Matisse Thibel, not available to play in Toronto. He is unvaxxed, which it's just fascinating that we got that inf- get this information now in April. Uh, so kudos to Philly for keeping that one tight-lipped. I don't think that Thibel being out is going to create anything the same sort of way that Grayson Allen being out isn't really going to create anything for Philly. It's Harden, it's Embiid, it's Harris, sort of. And it's Tyrese Maxey. Uh, by the way, Tyrese Maxey going off. Was that yesterday or two days ago? It was two Fun. days ago because I played. I had James Harden at half a percent owned in the 3K Millie against Indiana. And then at halftime, he had less fantasy points than all of Embiid, Maxey, and Harris. Yeah. Well, c- congrats on that play. Yeah. Talk to me about Embiid because uh, you seem to be all over him today. I mean, he's just fantastic even in the 19 games now that he's played with Harden he's averaging 1.7 DraftKings points per minute but the big thing is he's averaging 35.3 minutes per game uh over that stretch he played like 38 minutes last game you're seeing that pretty consistently uh in competitive games this game only has a two-point spread I think you get massive minutes from Embiid he's essentially unstoppable um 37 and a half percent usage rate in the games with Harden still has a 20 percent assist percentage and rebounding percentage just Really, really like Embiid. And you like him more than Giannis. Yeah, and he's actually $100 cheaper on DraftKings, too. I mean, I think they're close. And and if you, yeah, factor, yeah, obviously. In, if you factor in the you know positional eligibility, maybe it's a little bit easier to get to, to Giannis. But if I'm just talking like utility spot, I give a slight edge to Embiid. Wow, okay. Uh, I have it the opposite way. Now, obviously, it's... Either one of those names showing up in that utility spot is not going to break my heart. I'm, I'm happy to get both of them. They are two of like the four or five best plays of the day, in my opinion. Um, but I have Giannis pretty significantly ahead of uh, Joel Embiid here. What about the rest of these guys? Uh, your boy, 0.5% Harden, uh, Tobias Harris, Maxi. You got anything else here? Not really. I mean, if you land on a little bit of Harden or a little bit of Maxi, like whatever, it's fine. But um, I, I don't really think any of them stand out at their respective salaries. I'm with you. Other than uh, 6,200 on Maxi, I'm still willing to get to you, although the price has climbed a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not projecting him well. 0.74 FanDuel points per minute. It's, I'm not going crazy. He just plays a lot. That's all. Yeah. 
but yeah, he was, uh, I was flipping through the game and I was like, Oh, Maxi's like seven for seven from three or something crazy, which was really fun to see. I was like, glad I didn't play today. Wait, every other day is going to be a problem. No. Why would they be a problem? They don't have Robert Williams. They're not a problem any longer. Isn't he supposed to be back after like the play in tournament? At best, I think he, we might see him in the second round, and I don't get the sense that we're going to get a uh, we're going to, we're going to have a compromised Robert Williams at best. This I is mean, not a knee injury really you just come back from. Yeah, I, I still think they're good. Well, they, I mean, I think they're good. I think they have zero percent chance of winning anything in the East without being at full strength, like any other team that's not at full strength. I mean, I still think a smart white Brown Tatum Horford lineup slash you can throw Grant Williams in somewhere is really good. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I just, look, they're not, if you're not full strength, you're not making it out of these things. It's just, that's just not going to be the case. It's too hard. What, what are the Celtics odds in the East now? I'm guessing they're like fifth. I know they were 22 to one uh, a month ago. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I don't think that they're really good. I thought that they were set up really well. They were starting to look incredibly scary. Now they're not. I would say that about any other team. Boston is, they are still third to win the East. Um, like I don't, there's no situation where if Robert Williams isn't healthy that I could take Boston ahead of Miami. And I don't think that Miami's great, but if Miami's rolling with the one seed, uh, that's not for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. Like, I don't think they should be favored or anything. I, I think I think we might just kind of be arguing semantics. Like, yeah. the way you worded your response in chat, it sounded like you thought Boston was just going to be like a cakewalk for whoever plays them. No, I think they'll be fine in the first round, and they're going to be a dog to whoever they play in the second round. I think that's fair. But, like, it, I don't think it would be surprising if they beat any of these teams. I, think they, I don't think it would be surprising if they beat any one of those teams. I don't think that they can get through without being fully healthy. Like if they fall, I, I if think, they fall to the four, they're going to be a dog to Miami in the second round. Yeah, and I, I guess it matters too, like how the person that said they were going to be a problem meant it. Like if he thinks they're like the most likely team to win the East, then yeah, I, I disagree. But if he means it in the sense that like they could very easily beat any team in the Eastern Conference, I would agree with that. Yeah, like if if Robert Williams were healthy, I think Boston is a real problem. Now, I don't want to rely on Daniel Tice having to play 24 minutes in a playoff series when he probably shouldn't play a second in a playoff series. I, I think it sucks. I wanted them to be healthy, but like this is not the same team. Not even close. Although Tatum taking the leap is interesting. Yeah. Let's go to the Toronto side where I don't really have much to say. If OGN and Obi plays, we know exactly what we want to do. And if he doesn't, we just know one less guy that we want to roster. But for me, it's the same as it usually is. Uh, play the five starters. Yeah, and I think they're kind of priced where they should be. Nothing really stands out to me in terms of um, priorities. But, you know, just kind of mixing and matching any of those five starters in there, um, you know, assuming Ananobi plays, you, you can still expect a lot of minutes from guys like Siakam and Van Vliet and like, anybody starting for Toronto. Um, but none of them really stand out to me individually. Josh needs to stop making sports takes and keep it DFS based. I'll do whatever I want. I host this show. To be fair, the DFS takes typically suck too. Ah, 
Uh, Josh, this is just your thing, huh? What thing? Why are we acting like Robert Williams isn't the anchor of the entire Celtics defense? <laughs> per EPM, he has the uh, second highest plus minus of anybody on Boston, only behind Tatum. He's really, really, really good defensively. You don't want it to be 900-year-old Al Horford in the playoffs, I promise. Really good. I know it doesn't matter for guys like Robert Williams because it's not like he's shooting and he's super low usage. 75% true shooting. All this dude does is just score around the rim. It's insane. 7% block rate. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. You got to be healthy to win the title, guys. You can't be missing these guys. It's not going to happen. Anything else for Toronto? Nope. All right. Perfectly at the midway point. What do we got now? What's the read? Ooh, we got to talk Awesome MVP text program. This is fun, guys. You're going to get a lot of details that you don't know. You can get Awesome discounts and you can beta test some new tools if you join the Awesome MVP text program. Text MVP to 1 660 656 4417. You will automatically get entered to win a year of Awesome Plus Platinum. You could also, we'll also have 50% off Awesome Plus weekly discounts for MVP program subscribers. So if you're thinking about signing up, we've got MLB opening day today, Masters today, which has already started. But if you want to get in behind the paywall for this strong weekend, um, might help you out a little bit. So make sure you're sending that text in uh, imminently. Game number five. Nope, game number four. San Antonio Spurs, eight and a half point dogs in Minnesota, two thirty. Eight total, <laughs> biggest on the slate by a mile. No DeJounte Murray once again for San Antonio. So we're going to see what we had last time. And because of this matchup, I think a lot of San Antonio looks good. I think Trey Jones looks the best. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, you got a price bump on Trey Jones, but it's kind of like Tyus Jones when Morant went down. Like, it just doesn't matter. You know, 5,300 is obviously riskier and closer to correct than 4,000, but it's still pretty wildly underpriced for somebody that produces about a fantasy point per minute is going to give you 30 plus minutes. And the thing with San Antonio is, um, and I, I mentioned this before because it's like something I have to keep reminding myself. When you see somebody like DeJount, like DeJounte Murray not playing for the Spurs down the stretch, my immediate reaction is just like, oh, the Spurs are going to do something stupid. But he's legitimately sick. The Spurs need to win. Um, or actually, I don't, do they still need to win? Uh, so they're playing to find out who gets home court between themselves yeah. and the Pelicans for the nine ten. So like, no, but, but they still obviously you, you, they're not, not trying to win at right. the very least. Right. They, they're still trying to win. So it's the, the point being like, this isn't pop playing games and you're going to get, you know, screwed by some rotation. Like he's going to give minutes to the guys that should be getting minutes. And Trey Jones uh, looks very good at 5,300 beyond that though. I mean, Keldon Johnson's over a fantasy point per minute without white and Murray this year, he's likely to play mid thirties. Jakob Pertl's price tag is sitting at 6,500. Uh, he's, you know, in a pretty good spot. Devin Vassell is close to a fantasy point per minute guy. And then even, you know, Lonnie Walker questionable, but um, guys like Richardson and Walker, not priorities, but certainly still have upside at their prices as well. It, yeah, this this team looks great. The mat, like the pace of this spot is fantastic. The freed up minutes and usage from Dejounte Murray being out on DraftKings, I probably want a piece of just about everybody outside of Kade Bates D up. On Fanduel, it's a little bit worse because some of these prices, like Josh Primo's forty eight hundred. I don't need that in my life. But Trey Jones, Vassell, Kelton Johnson, I think it all looks good, and it all looks good on the opposite side too. Minnesota uh, also still 
has things to play for. They are likely the seven seed, but they still have an outside shot to get to six if Denver falls in their final two games. So uh, getting out of the play-in is massive if you're Minnesota. Whether that's Edwards, Towns, Russell, if Beverly plays, he is questionable and has missed the past two. Vanderbilt. I think all five of those guys look pretty good today against San Antonio. Yeah, I agree. They're just they're they're cheap. Um, Towns at ninety six hundred is is underpriced. I mean, the issue you run into is that you have Jokic, you have Embiid. I think you could make a case that anytime. I think we actually have had this conversation about Towns, but like especially on slates where Embiid and Jokic are playing, if you price Towns quote-unquote correctly, you're just never going to play the guy. Um, yep. So you kind of need to like just chop salary off like DraftKings did, you know, give them to you at sub 10K. It at least makes it a, makes it a decision point. You know, do you save $2,400 off of Embiid and go to uh, go to Towns instead? Um, so where you can get to him, he looks very good. We know the ceiling that Edwards gives you. Russell uh, likely to play, you know, 32, 33 minutes. His assist percentage should go up if Beverly is out as well. Um, Beverly, if he's in, looks okay at 4,800. Uh, if he's out, you have a $4,100 Beasley that, um, you know, potentially plays a little bit more. So um, I think that any of the starters for Minnesota look good. Um, I think that Russell, Edwards, and Towns, obviously, are where you're feeling the, the most comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get too much Edwards pretty much all the time, and I'm totally okay with it. Towns, I basically never get, but I wish that I did. Russell, I probably get more than most because I think that I probably project him for more minutes than most, just hoping that he's actually going to play that one out of every 14 games he plays, 35-minute type game. I hate Beverly so much, and I probably get too much Vanderbilt. Either way, San Antonio, Minnesota is a fantasy dream for today, just given the pace, the pricing. Uh, potentially, you know, if Beverly's out, it's just it firms up a couple extra guys. Just looks like a really good game. Two teams that are trying to win, too, which helps. Yeah, as we go through this slate, I'm realizing I'll probably end up playing tonight just because we don't have that many stupid teams. Well, we got one. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers are 16 and a half point That's underdogs in in New Orleans, 223 total. Obviously, Portland has absolutely nothing to play for. We don't know the status at this moment of uh, Brandon Williams. It doesn't matter. I mean, like it matters, but it doesn't matter. Just Definitely pay attention matter. to it doesn't matter right now. We're going to get that news. You know, watch the deeper dive in live before lock. These guys have all had price increases since they've been so shitty for so long that like not a lot looks great. I feel bad for, I said it on the, the process show this morning. I feel really bad for Elijah Hughes because he can't even get on the floor when, for the shittiest team in basketball playing nobody's across the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Didi Lozada comes back and just immediately moves into the rotation. They sign Reggie Perry out from wherever the hell he was. Uh, he's in the rotation. Um, yeah. I, I keep like every, every uh, slate that Portland plays, I like look at their rotation and then I have to like keep double checking the injury report. Cause I'm just like, Oh, was, I guess Hughes was out. And it's like, Oh no, he just still can't crack this rotation. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Do you like anything for Portland here? Um, assuming everybody's in, you know, meaning Brandon Williams, not really, because like you said, salaries have come up. It's not to say that one of these guys can't have a good game, but um, there's been a lot of plays that we really like, and I don't really see any here. Uh, if Williams is out though, then you are getting a $5,100 Chris Dunn, who I would expect to play 30 minutes, and it would make him look pretty solid. Yeah, it's... I think it's insane that Portland and OKC both got, like, hardship exemptions to sign guys at the end of the year. It's like, you, how about you just play the guys that are still healthy on your team that you don't want right. to play? Like, what hardship? You've created... It's a self-imposed hardship. 
Yeah, the, o- OKC is uh, forcing themselves to run six-man rotations right now. Right. It, oh, God. When I saw that, I was just like, when I woke up Sunday morning, I was like, oh, my God. I don't <laughs> think I happening? told you uh, uh, downside of me tweeted something about Lindy Waters being too good to be on the floor for OKC. Uh, the game that <laughs> he was out there for like, three minutes. Yeah, he played four minutes, scored eight points. Lindy Waters' mom liked the tweet. <laughs> really? That's great. Yeah. So Lindy, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, okay, do you like, is there, does anybody else stand out if Brandon Williams happens to be out? I don't think so. I mean, it opens up more usage, but it's still, to me, it's mostly like dart throw type stuff. You know, like the other night, Keon Johnson was in the Millie maker winner. Um, he's not somebody that you're looking at going into the slate and saying like, oh yeah, Keon Johnson's the difference maker, but there's opportunities for guys like Keon Johnson, CJ Ellaby, Greg Brown, any of these guys, um, you know, to just kind of be a random piece in your lineup at 2% owned, but uh, there's nothing I'd be building around. All righty. Then we go to the Pelicans. This one's a little bit different because they aren't truly terrible. Uh, Q tag on Joval, which is massive for today. And as we mentioned before in the Spurs section, they're basically playing to have home court in the 9-10 matchup, which is big. Uh, the Pelicans are currently a game ahead of the Spurs. So if they win here, they're going to be looking like they're in pretty good shape, especially with Minnesota being a big favorite against San Antonio. So CJ McCollum looks solid. Brandon Ingram looks solid across both sites, mid eights price tag. I like Joe Val a little bit if he's in. Um, let's let's assume Joe Val is in for, for right now to start. How are you feeling just in general about the Pelicans? Yeah, so if Joe Val's in, if Joe Val's in, I think he looks fine at 8,300. Not like a priority, but he should absolutely destroy Portland's front court. Uh, that goes without saying. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum would be the two priorities here. They're both just still reasonably priced. Uh, good matchup, all of that. Um, and then beyond that, not a whole lot. Like Larry Nance Jr. at 3,600 probably plays around 22 minutes. I think you're going to have enough value today that you don't really need to get there. Um, but he would kind of be the only other guy I mentioned. If Valanciunas is out and you get a start from Billy Hernan Gomez, who went from not in the rotation to starting and playing 25 minutes last game, then $3,900 Hernan Gomez is probably the best value play you're going to find. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be the piece you're going to want. It's just going to be easy. So keep your eyes peeled for the Joe Val news. And again, the Pelicans are going to try to win this game the whole way. So be aware of it. And it's really not going to get much easier than facing Portland. So if you're going to gack one away and it's this one, you don't even deserve to make the play in. They should have to let Portland take their play in spot if they lose today. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had suggested the other night after OKC did their stupid rotation and still won that like if you're going to tank that heavily and then still win, there has to be some sort of penalty. So like at least it would like you like obviously you're not trying to incentivize actually losing, but like make them think twice about what they're doing because you accidentally win. You just get like screwed. That win actually matters to them because they are teetering on the edge of the three and the four spots, which is a change in lottery odds. First three are all the same, so it doesn't matter. Like Houston's locked in, Orlando's locked in, but OKC would have been tied with Detroit if they somehow were able to actually lose that game. But for some strange reason, they did not. Well, the strange reason is they were playing the Blazers. Yeah, that'll that'll also do it. Um, I cannot wait to see the Lakers win the lottery and have to give that pick to the Pelicans. Oh, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Pelicans have the pick if it's in the top four. Okay. So that'll be fun. They also have it if it's eighth or ninth or 10th. Uh, the Grizzlies were sitting there looking like the Lakers were going to finish like 11th or 12th, and they were going to get a late lottery pick, which would have been insane for the Grizz. Uh, it's not looking that great now because the Lakers just keep losing. But there is a very high, like, there is a 
right now, if the Lakers finish eighth, there's a 26% chance that the Pelicans get their pick in the top four. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know where they I don't know what direction they would go. I'd be trying to trade CJ McCollum at that point, though. <laughs> they won't, but they should. He's played well. Yeah, he's been fine. He's been CJ McCollum. Well, I mean, at the when he was with Portland this year, it seemed like he had kind of taken a step back, but yeah, I'm, I'm you know, they're better, I guess. So yeah. But yeah, I mean he's He's shooting ridiculously hot from two, and that's just not going to be the case. Shooting 56% from two for the Pelicans, the highest rate that he's ever had in his career in any season is 51%, which was last year. So, Is he getting to the rim more? I doubt it, but let me look. Um, percentage of field goals by distance, slightly. Nothing. Not nothing to make a five point difference. No, not not at all. He's getting his shots assisted a little bit more, which is interesting. But he is getting to the rim a little bit more. I mean, look, that's not going to be long for CJ McCollum. He's uh, thirty. He's not going to be getting to the rim more and more. But we'll see. I, look, if Zion gets back, maybe there's a little bit more spacing. Who knows? I know, not that he's like a floor spacer, but he is a guy that you have to permanently look at. <laughs> I mean, he's not coming back this year, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know who they take. Can you imagine Chet and Zion standing next to each other? <laughs> Total opposites. <laughs> it is. It's the they're, they're the exact opposite body shape. They're the exact opposite everything. Yeah. Oh man, that that would be fun though. I I think the fit's okay. I don't know enough about anybody in college. I mean, Chet's exceptional, like rim protector, defensive dude. You know, maybe Zion can handle some, some more of the bulk if it has to happen with Chet coming in from who the hell knows where to just send some shots. Chet can stretch the floor for Zion. Decent 4-5 pairing. Kind of like it. Hopefully this chat, or this talk of Zion is going to bring out some true crazies into chat so we can watch people have bad Zion takes. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. It's the best. Memphis Grizzlies, three-point dogs in Denver, 232 total. I think this is the first game that we actually can't talk about, at least from the Memphis side. Uh, I don't necessarily think that 1044 is going to be the time that we get these answers. Maybe everybody plays. I don't know. Uh, they have literally nothing to play for. They Nobody's are... Who's on the injury report, except Brooks. I know, yeah, so Brooks is questionable. They They got nothing. They are locked into the two. None of it matters. I just can't imagine everybody plays. I just don't know what the answer is going to be. Well, they already did the rest everybody game, and they announced that like the night before. So the fact that none of those guys are on the injury report, I think it's likely they're playing outside of maybe Brooks. <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, do you like anything from Memphis? Assuming, I mean, obviously, assuming Brooks in or out, uh, start there. Yeah, I mean, assuming Brooks in, nothing really stands out. It's just another team where, like, across the board, everybody looks decent. Um, you know, like, Tyus Jones looks okay at 6,200, but he doesn't look as good as Trey Jones for 900 less. Um, Desmond Bain at 7,500 certainly can give you a good game, but it's not the most likely outcome. So, uh, assuming Brooks is in, nothing really stands out. If Brooks is out, 
I still don't know that anything really stands out. It obviously makes guys like Bain and Jackson look a little bit better. Uh, DeAnthony Melton maybe gets some more run, but he's already up to 5,600. So um, either way, I think Memphis basically is just another one of those teams, kind of like Toronto, where I'm not going to be upset if I get to these guys here and there, but they're just not standing out as priorities compared to some of the other teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Obviously, things will look a lot better if you take Brooks out. Every, there's just so much usage to get redistributed, and Jaron Jackson, I know, soaks up a ton of it, but... If Brooks is in and this team's at full strength, I don't think they look all that good on DK. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, to me, this is a perfect opportunity to not play Steven Adams. Sure. Like, just get but the they guys. Just did like, sure, but why not? Like, I don't know. Just doesn't, I don't see the appeal. I mean, like, it's kind of, you either assume Memphis is just resting the rest of the year or they're playing. Like, they already did their, we clinched, we're going to celebrate by not playing anybody again. Right. Well, they got two left, and I would I'd be surprised if everybody played in both of the final two games. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, normally it seems like they teams just sit out the last game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who they play or anything like that. <clears throat> I also don't know if it matters that they're playing like Denver has playoff implications. Like, I don't know how much teams take that into account. Um, I talked about it with Alex yesterday. It has seemed like. Like the tank, a lot of the tanking teams, it seems like, have played more straight up against playoff contenders, and then they do a ton of random shit when they're playing bad teams. I don't know if how much that has to do with like, you know, competitive balance, I guess. But uh, just another thing that you know, maybe Memphis doesn't rest here. Memphis plays the Celtics on Sunday. Where at? Just thinking, like if you're gonna if you're gonna rest the game, you'd probably rather do it on the road. Uh, that's going to be, they're at home. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, for now, I'm assuming that you're not getting any of that. The, the main reason that I'm assuming that is just that when they did it before, they announced it early. Like they, those guys were all yeah. on the injury report as doubtful and now they're not. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one or two guys sit today, one or two guys sit on Sunday opposite of whatever it is. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they go old school Memphis and 14 dudes play today. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, I think we can definitely see Culver, Aldama, Tilly, Ponds. Like, I'm just naming guys that could potentially play. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we got rotations out of all of these guys. It, it wouldn't surprise me if nobody on this team plays more than like 30 to 32 minutes. I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if no one played 30 minutes. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if that happened. Denver. So Denver's got an interesting situation right now in that they are basically locked into the six, but they could fall all the way to eight uh, if it goes wrong. They basically just need a win and they're looking good and set into six. So we'll see what happens there. But they, Mike, uh, Mike Malone has switched to the playoff rotation. They aren't messing around any longer. Everybody is up in minutes that's going to be tight in this playoff rotation, which means more minutes for Jokic, more minutes for Barton, Gordon, Morris. We don't know the status on Jeff Green right now. I'm not sure how much that would totally matter. But for now, I think Jokic looks pretty good. I like Barton. Gordon's price is probably up high enough that I don't love it, but he's only 5% owned on DraftKings, so I think there's some upside there. Talk to me about Denver. Yeah, you mentioned the the rotation change. Jokic has played uh, 40 minutes in two of his last three. He played 36 four games ago. Uh, you're just getting a tighter rotation there, and it's one of the reasons you know that I had said I, I liked him earlier. You know, Obviously, I'm, I'm always going to like him, but I like him more 
uh, than I even than I normally do, just because I think you can project him for a couple of extra minutes here. Uh, Twelve six is still probably a little bit underpriced for what he gives you. Uh, so I, I really like Jokic. Beyond that, you know, Barton, Gordon, Morris, Highland, like those guys are all okay. Uh, they are playing a bit more, and that makes them look a little bit better, but also the, the price tags are starting to jump, like you said, um, especially with Gordon up into the mid-6K range now. Um, so I think all those guys kind of just look like secondary options. Boogie is sort of appealing because he's 3,200, but obviously if Jokic does play 38 to 40 minutes, you're talking about 8 to 10 minutes for Cousins. It's just one of those, <clears throat> it's one of those price tags where like, if this game were to blow out or Jokic gets in foul trouble or something, Boogie could just like completely destroy the slate. But from an average projection standpoint, it's pretty tough to get there since I think you're giving him like 10 minutes. Yeah. And he played even less, I think, the last time out. I don't know what happened before. Well, yeah, but... Jokic played 40, Cousins played eight. Oh, I didn't realize that Jokic played 40. That'll do it. Yeah. And two games or three games ago, uh, Jokic played 43, Cousins played five. Does he get the MVP? Uh, so I think he should. I do now have money on Embiid, though. Interesting. Courtesy of Ethan Chandler. <laughs> I'm not it sure better be Jokic. No. What'd you say? It better be Jokic. Yeah. But um, no, I didn't see it. Oh, uh, yeah. Ethan had like, he had bet 100 to win like 950 or something. And he tweeted something yesterday saying that he would sell the ticket for $200. And I was just like, okay, I'll take it because I'm getting like three point seven five to one yeah i would have done the same thing yeah like i don't think he wins i don't want him to win but i do have money on a beat now yeah i i am wholeheartedly rooting for nicole Jokic here i think he's having cousins. just an insane season somebody said cousins was in foul trouble uh no cousins is just the backup to nicole Jokic. He can't get in foul trouble right like he had three fouls in his eight minutes but malone wasn't like uh oh cousins is fouling people we need to put Jokic back in what are we going to do if the guy that I'm not going to keep playing can't play? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing as foul trouble for a backup. Let's close it out. Final game. The Los Angeles Lakers, 12 and a half point dogs in Golden State, 222 total. And we have to start here. I don't think that we could talk about the Lakers. I assume no one's playing. I wouldn't be surprised if Russ plays. He's not the type of guy that like just sits. I don't know what they're doing. I don't think anybody plays. You don't think LeBron wants to take a shot at that scoring title? I think LeBron's actually hurt. Maybe. Look, I, I took LeBron out. I took AD out. I think Westbrook plays. Or at least I wouldn't be surprised if Westbrook plays. I think Westbrook is just done with this team. Like, I don't know why he would want to play. I don't think that he's ever wanted to not play. If Westbrook does play, you're probably going to see some ridiculous stat batting here. Yeah. He's 7,800 on FanDuel, by the way. So let's say he doesn't. Let's say they're all out. What the hell do we do here? <laughs> uh, so if DJ Augustine starts at 3K, he looks pretty good. Um, but again, you're just guessing at what the starting lineup's going to be too. Like Horton Tucker's 4,200. If he were to start with all them out, he would look good. Malik Monk at 6K would look good. Um, Wenyi and Gabriel potentially at 3,800 would look good. Um, it's it's a situation where like I think you just want to keep in mind who who the good point per minute guys are because guys like Stanley Johnson, Avery Bradley, Austin Reeves, like sure they're cheap enough where if they play thirty something minutes they can get there. But the most appealing guys are going to be the ones like Horton Tucker, uh, Gabriel, Augustine, Monk, like guys that actually produce a lot of fantasy points when they're on the floor and then get more minutes. 
This is just going to be so gross. Yeah, uh, this was actually, I'd forgotten about this game. This was the reason why yesterday when I looked at the slate, I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah, late night hammer Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if we know nothing by seven o'clock. <laughs> they don't have any incentive to give a shit about anybody. Um, keep your eyes peeled. Watch the deeper dive. Watch live before lock. There's nothing we can say right now that is of any sort of value here. If Russ happens to play, play him. Yeah. Especially on FanDuel at 7,800. Yeah, I mean, on DraftKings at 8,800, he's fine. Like, he's good, yeah. but he doesn't stand out. No, I think he stands out on FanDuel at 7,800 yeah. if it's just him. Yeah, the only, the only way he stands out on DraftKings, it's not if you use his rates this year without Davis and LeBron. It's if you want to play the narrative card and say, like, Westbrook's just going to give the biggest FU game to Lakers fans and just go for, you know, 30, 15, and 15 or something. Like, Chandra, Westbrook is, Westbrook ba- Westbrook is bad, off, man. Right? I can't play him. 1.1 fantasy points per minute for Westbrook over the past 30 days. 1.3 without su- LeBron and Davis. Yeah, just because he sucks at basketball in real life doesn't mean he's not a like still a good fantasy play. It's just not fun. He is correctly priced on DraftKings, though, I think. I agree. 8,800, I think, is the correct price. 7,800 on FanDuel, I don't think is close to correct. And then we close it out with Golden State. FanDuel scoring Gold- is awful for him, though. It is not ideal. Um, those turnovers add up pretty quickly when you when when you have the opportunity to get the minus 10 for right. turnovers those days don't feel great uh golden state is locked in the coin flip battle with dallas for the third seed and fourth seed so i assume they're trying to win uh, would make some sense i'd certainly be trying to avoid the clippers at all costs uh welcome back norm powell everybody for golden state is available for this one except for steph curry and you're not going to find many matchups that look better than this. Uh, I really like the starters. Yeah, so do I. I mean, Poole's playing a lot of minutes. He's up to 8,500, but still getting tons of usage here without Curry, playing a lot of minutes in a good matchup. Um, so I think he looks pretty good. Thompson and Draymond look fine. If you get to a little bit of Gary Payton at 3,800, that's okay as well. But um, I think Poole looks the best to me. Uh, I think Otto Porter looks the best to me. Although on DraftKings, he's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, 4,400 4, on FanDuel, 5K on DraftKings. But played monster minutes his last time out. And I believe the time before that, if I'm going off the top of my head. Yeah, 30 minutes on the second, 29 on the 30th. I think Porter stands out as a decent value. I'm clearly very happy to get to Pool. I think Pool and Porter are the two guys you would look at most on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I think it's a little bit closer because Clay's $1,000 cheaper on FanDuel. Wiggins is $1,000 cheaper on FanDuel. Those guys just stand out a little bit more. But I like getting to the pieces of Golden State. They want this win. Yep, agreed. <sighs> this is going to be a hell of a slate. Tons of news coming we out. We a super chat, too, if you didn't see it. Oh, uh... Jeff Williams with the super chat. Does the MVP and points race factor into the projections and playing time for Jokic and Embiid? No. Sort of. <clears throat> like, the, the, I think the answer is no, but the reason the answer is no is because they're both on teams that are still playing for something and they're going to play huge minutes for that reason. Yeah. If, But, like, I think that if the Nuggets, like, had had locked up their spot, I still think they would let Jokic go out there and play a bunch of minutes and try and get it. I don't think Embiid would have the same sort of leash. I think Embiid would punch Doc Rivers in the face if he didn't let him go out there and make his final case for MVP. Maybe. I don't know. It depends. It depends which seed they're locked into, too. Yeah. But to, to answer the question, like, it certainly doesn't hurt that they both have those incentives, 
but yeah. the but you don't even have to like go that far down the list of why they're going to play a bunch of minutes because there's other reasons. Yeah, they have better incentives. Like they want to win the game. Right. <laughs> and playing two of the five best players in basketball is going to make that easier. So yeah, I wouldn't it's not something that I would maybe be worried about. Like LeBron tr- trying to take a shot at the scoring title, those minutes matter to me. Right. Cuz that would be the only reason he'd be out there. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like if if we get LeBron active, it will be hilarious because he just sat out all these games that actually matter. Um, but it's it going to be is, like Kobe's final game. Right. I'll say it means that he is going out there trying to score 60 points. Yep. I, I would contemplate locking him because he's, I don't know what else he's trying to do other than go out there and wreck right. the entire Warriors. Right. No yeah, love loss plays, for Draymond either. If he plays, it's LeBron saying, like, I'm going to go score as many points as I can in a basketball game. Yeah. Injury report video and stuff today. I don't know if you're still doing it or not. Yeah. <laughs> the excitement is palpable. Yeah. Injury, Injury report. report video, tournament plays video. Uh, building an MOB model at some point in there. Best of luck to you on that one. Guys, thank you for being here. Shouts to No House Advantage for being the presenting sponsor. Make sure you're paying attention to what they've got going on today. We have No House Advantage projections and optimal lineups already generated. With all these guys getting ruled out, you're going to have the opportunity for incredible value. You don't want to sleep on it over at No House Advantage. Use that promo code AWESOMO. Good luck today, everybody. Catch Adam's content. Catch the deeper dive. Catch Live Before Lock later today. Enjoy the start of baseball and the Masters. That is it for us. Peace.